Can you ask that question again? <laughs> I was just I was asking you, I was asking you how you code switch um, being a, a a black person in a white white person's world. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good question, and uh, I, I think because I don't sound stereotypically black or African American or African. <laughs> Uh, I, I get away with things that others don't. There's, there's many famous studies or one particular where a, um, a black professor of linguistics uh, called for rental apartments uh, many years ago. I think he worked at Stanford and uh, he was given uh, many more interviews and applications and so forth when he clearly used what was deemed a quote unquote white voice. But when he sounded stereotypically black, he was uh, denied uh, any kind of uh, response far more often. Yeah. And so I'm thankful. I'm very thankful that I don't have uh, a voice that can be pegged like that. Um, mm -hmm. But co code switching is hard. I, I find I sometimes uh, don't always get the social cues. It's becoming harder online. Uh, people turning off their Zoom cameras. You can't even see their body language. You don't know mm -hmm. which voice to use. Well, have you have you found a solution to uh, you know you don't want people in Amsterdam to know you're Moroccan, so what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I um, first of all, I you know this isn't my normal accent, so it takes a lot of work to express myself like this. I mean, I don't I don't even want to let go of this accent right now, but uh, I mean, you you've seen me, I think. You've seen me a couple of times when I was in the hospital, so you know, you know how my real accent sounds like, and it's, it's That's dreadful. True, you know, you bring up a good point. I forget. You know, we have just so so many listeners now. It's uh, easily out of the single digits, and they don't know us as intimately as we know ourselves. At least not most of them. I think there's a couple who paid that extra uh, peak price we charge. The, the ones that are on our only fans page. Yeah, the only fans do know us intimately, but outside of that, only two people have paid for that. Mom, thank you for uh, one of the uh, paid memberships. How awkward is it to run into mom on your OnlyFans page? You know, it's, it's weird. I, I don't mind because there's not a person who knows me more intimately than her, if you think mm. about it. Plus, I was being uh, given the rectal thermometer till I was about 12. Yeah. So I Which is like, funny because you still do it. I mean, on your OnlyFans page. Yeah, and people always wonder how I'm able to do it. And you know, if you practice something enough, no matter what it is, you get you get good at it. And, That's the rule. Yeah. Yeah, and doing it at 12, 13, 14, 15, once she had stopped, um, I was able. I mean, in the dark. Yeah, just completely. I could jab it in there one shot. Um, mm. You know, oddly, I'm not that into anal, but I, I really like it on myself. Yeah. You like it when the thermometer is stretching your asshole. Completely. But uh, moving back from asshole stretching <clears throat> to uh, accent, <laughs> let's let our listeners know a little bit more of your real accent. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'm. it's really, really tiring right now because I'm at the end of a a day um like a very harsh day and i and all i want to do is really let go and just you know really bring out that accent but i just feel like 
I don't know. I feel like people don't take me so seriously with this accent. How about a little? I mean, with, a little without, taste. without my accent, a little taste, a little, a little teaser for our listenership who's been so loyal to us over the last year and a half. What what you really sound like when you're not uh, you don't have your radio or work voice on? Okay, I just sound like this. I don't like to sound like this, but this is what I sound like when I go relax, when I don't put in a lot of energy into what I say. But honestly, like, even though it's much more tiring to speak like this, I'd, I'd rather just keep this accent because, I mean, I, it is embarrassing. Yeah, well, I'm not going to disagree, but I don't know if it's embarrassing as much as it is just hard to understand based on the technology that exists today in terms of uh, having a clear voice. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, you know, I, I know personally as a, uh, as a black man, as, as a French uh, a black man uh, whose family, um, you know, originally was from Martinique mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's hard. I spent many years trying to perfect a, a more neutral sort of center of country American uh, accent. Um, but I know some, that I, I, I just opened up. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to to open up a bit. Yeah, is, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit scared if I start to, to, to go back to my accent. The people... They're not going to respect me uh, because uh, living in America is hard enough to, to be a black man. But I don't, uh, don't like the black American people. Uh, I don't sound uh, very American with this accent. Uh, they, uh, je ne sais quoi. Uh, it's tough. It's very brave. It's, it's very, 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 very tough. I don't like it. Uh, and the, the Haitian people, they are disgusting people. They are, we would not let them into Martinique, uh, not for one minute would we let the, the Haitian people into Martinique. Uh, mm. When I moved to France, I know some Haitian people, they live in the, they live in the street because nobody wants to have a Haitian as neighbor. So there's no respect for a man from Martinique. They say either I speak funny or I am a black Negro man. Uh, you know, uh, they don't uh, they don't understand uh, that we are special people. Uh, so for this, I'm not going to speak anymore. But uh, I hope our listeners uh, can appreciate uh, what's a what's a real uh, Martinique man, a big man, a man from the Butterfly Nation. Uh, what he sounds like? Uh, they call wow. me the, the Papillon. Uh, because of uh, well, let's just say I have something that is like a butterfly between my knees. Wow, I, I'm so brave, and also you know, speaking for for so much of it, you're braver than me. A lot. I know that you get critiqued a lot because people think that when you, when you <laughs> do the when you do this accent, uh, which is your natural voice, people say you're just kind of a middle American guy doing a French accent because that's what they hear. Even like people from Martinique say that to you. So it's like a double code switch for you because this is your actual accent. It's very, it's very, very hard, very hard to go back and forth. And then I'll sometimes find I do what is known as a, most commonly as a mimic when someone takes on the accent of someone they're speaking to. Um, 
and then that accent gets lost in my native accent. And it's really confusing both to people and myself. Uh, you know, I don't think once I start talking and people are looking at me, they don't know what to make of it. And when they're not looking at me, like on a, on an audio or a podcast like this, um, very, very confused. So we'll just yeah. keep with our American voices. Absolutely. We're going to American as a abapai. What was that? Was that, oh, you went back to your native accents. Uh, yeah, I was saying apple pie. Do they have apple pie where you're from? Well, they have pies. They have um, um, sheep, uh, internal organ sheep pie. Mm -hmm. And we also use apples to uh, stone um, women and children. Oh, I like that idea. You know, we didn't, it was yeah. too hot where I grew up. So we didn't have apples, but we had mango. We had papaya and papaya pie was what I think uh, young boys do with American uh, with apple pie here. Uh, oh yeah. For, for many of us in Martinique, that was our, uh, that was our first. Um, yeah. And that's why you'll find a lot of people from Martinique are still very loyal, at least men anyway, to the papaya. Well, as the saying goes in Martinique, you can't get an STD from a papaya pie. Yeah. It's about the same yeah. meaning. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And the papaya has to be extra ripe, by the way. You don't, uh, the pie, and it does not work if the papaya is not ripe. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just switching the subject a little bit, I mean, sure. we can always go back to it, but uh, as, a, as a parent and also as a, a Jewish guy from Martinique, how do you prepare, uh, how are you preparing your family for the upcoming winter where energy costs will be very, very high? <laughs> I feel like uh, you're, you're representing some like Pew Research Project or Gallup poll with that question. And I didn't know you followed energy costs. Oh, yeah, big uh, time. I, I, you know, I'm gonna feign, I'm not even gonna feign, I'm just going to admit uh, open ignorance. I had no idea that, uh, you know, prices are rising. You know, I think if, you know, in, in Chicago where I'm based, uh, our heating bills, which are, are run by gas primarily, uh, and they do go up quite a bit in the winter. If in December for an average household that is uh, $150 to $200, wow. and it goes up, let's say 20%, which is pretty remarkable. I wouldn't even notice that. You know, I think like many of these issues, it's people on the margins that are affected. Um, and that's fucked up, but I can't really speak for them because I'm not going to notice it. Okay. So therefore, my children will not learn about it other than waste. I'm big into waste. So. Um, okay, you are big into waste. Huge into waste. I, I love throwing stuff out. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know also into energy waste. So, I, you know, I, I am definitely the. Currently, you're, the air conditioner is on next to the heater and they're both on. Correct. You like that that nice feeling of cold and warm. We're in that perfect season here. We have not needed heat or air now for several weeks, and uh, yeah. I love that. And I try to milk it until people in my house are like, "There's air." Like you can see the air coming out of their mouth. Um, yeah. I won't let the heat go on. I just say put on a sweater, and then mm. when winter is is surely here, and uh, you need it, the heat for your sanity, um, and it, it's sweater weather only in the house. Like if you could wear a t-shirt. And be comfortable. I think that the uh, it's too hot, so we we turn mm -hmm. that thermostat down. Yeah, 
and it's a source of contention amongst the marriage. But uh, I've learned through many couples um, that it's uh, a problem with all of them. How about you? Do you have any issues with the thermostat in your house? <laughs> no, none. I mean, as a, a single person who has nobody, um, <laughs> no friends either. I'm uh, I'm like master of my thermo thermo uh, of my thermostat. I um, I like I woke up today and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna put it on. Uh, I'm gonna put it on twenty twenty one just because I feel like it. Twenty one is is uh, centigrade, so that would be about like what is that? Uh, like 67, 68 degrees. Yeah, most of our listeners don't uh, operate on the American system, so I think they would be good with it. Um, yeah. But don't you uh, don't you have a boiler building? Like, are you able to control your individual units? Don't you have yeah. like one system? Yeah. No. No. Every apartment controls their own. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's much more efficient, really. Uh, now, air conditioning. A... I know a lot of Europeans don't have air conditioning. Do you have air conditioning in your place? I do. No, I do not have air conditioning. So during those, uh, like, no. when you have muggy days, you just like run fans. It's it's uh it's so rare to have a muggy day here. It's really like one week a year at most. But in the uh, in the land you grew up in, uh, finally oh. nestled off the Mediterranean. Oh, then yeah, Lebanon. then air, air conditioning is is a requirement. Yeah. Okay, because I, I find that I, I've learned in Chicago that people that come from what I call the air conditioned world, they won't even like look to buy a property or rent a property if there's not air conditioning. Even though, for most people in Chicago, you don't need it more than maybe four weeks a year, realistically. Well, yeah. Yeah, but you really need it for those four weeks. Yeah, but, uh, you know, usually we can put in what's like we call the window units. These are, yeah. you know, cheap $150, $200 things that go in a window and they'll cool down like, you know, half a floor. But there's a bias that maybe doesn't even exist in Amsterdam, Netherlands, which are more than taking the bus, which a lot of people are against. They, they think is trashy. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, this the is amount worse. of people who discriminate against window air conditioners is a is a phenomenon that is not discussed. Huh. I think it should be the topic of the next John Stewart wow. show. Oh um, yeah. These people are viscerally, adamantly against window air conditioners. They see them in a place they think they need it and they and they don't want they don't want it. They don't want to rent it. They don't want to buy it. It's like if it's not central air, you know, through one system coming out of multiple rooms. Um and it and it works fine. Like if I didn't tell you that was what's going on, you walked into an apartment or a house, you'd be like, oh feels nice in here yeah there is something about a box hanging out a window that makes people think that they're essentially homeless and i've been fascinated by that for many years wow that is fascinating i uh i wonder where that started are th those are the units that like occasionally fall on top of street mines and kill them right correct yeah for some yeah. reason they only fall on mines and, and that's why i do believe there's a god because if they're going to fall on anybody they, they should fall on a mine um, I would think it's like the mime, like big mime industry that uh, is, is like getting the getting those rumors across because it's in their interest for people to not have these AC units that, that could kill them. Yeah, I always thought it was a way for the mime union to just really shrink their roles so that they could be in higher demand and command more money. Um, you know, a yeah. lot of people in the last economic downturn took up miming. They said it was very easy, and the mimes were like, "That's bullshit." And before you know it, there was a fucking mime on every corner. Exactly. And honestly, I couldn't the tell the difference. Yeah. 
I mean, can you tell? I mean, you, you've been involved in theater and the uh, the acting world for many years. Can you tell a good mind from a bad mind? Um, usually, no, no. That it's. Uh, I mean, there. It's. It's the rule is they're 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 wearing the you know the white the white face the they're wearing the uh, the, the 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 striped the horizontally striped shirt. Now, why don't um, Caucasians get up? You know, it's a very big deal to be in blackface. You know, at this point in America. You're yeah. essentially involved in a lynching. So yeah. but white face, I, there's no protest. No issue with white face. Everyone's uh, invited to do white face. And people don't really, they, they automatically dismiss the, the medieval history of, of mimes and how that was used to yeah. uh, mock ridicule and oftentimes, you know, basically exterminate uh, parts of the Caucasian population. Agree. Um, you know, Completely when, agree. When, when you had... Uh, the Turks and uh, other uh, ruling Mughals and, and Arabic uh, people who were taking control, uh, they were mocked openly. And, and the mind openly. was the, uh, the, the first angle at that. Absolutely. Look, look it up, people. Wikipedia. Yeah, look it up. Just stop being stupid about it. Yeah. Um, look, look up whiteface. Yeah, look up whiteface. On, on another subject, um, I'm just bouncing between subjects. You're changing subjects. I, uh, we, 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 about all the air conditioners that could possibly, but seem to almost never fall out of windows in cities. Uh, well, that's, you know, that is Except our sponsor this, this week. So I don't want to over, True. Uh, you know, we still have to get the sponsorship in. Yeah. The Mime Association um, really pays good money. So it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the, uh, like a uh, story from yesterday, I went on a walk. On my way back, I, I was going to go to the supermarket. Uh, you've been to the supermarket in my neighborhood. And next to the supermarket, yeah, next to the supermarket, there's a church, and, like a very nice old church. It's called the, the Eastern Church. Dutch, uh, Dutch Reformation Protestant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I noticed there's a line outside the church. And I, I, I know that they sometimes have like uh, free concerts at the church, which I think is so nice, like classical music concerts. So, uh, so indeed they had it. And I, I just, I was like, yeah, I don't have anything to do. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch the show. So I, I went in and it was, um, there was a girl in front of me who had the same idea, kind of a cute girl, actually. And so did you I'm actually like, go in because the girl was cute and that's what no, got your no, I was, it, it had nothing to do with her. I was, I was going for it. And then she was there in line. And then at some point, like I, I noticed she was ahead of me and I, I heard her say, uh, basically asking the, the person who worked there, hey, can I get in? I noticed there's like pre-reservation and I, I knew all that. So so I just started a conversation with her. I was like, hey, how, how did you hear about this and whatever? And we, we sat together and watched this, this show. Before, uh, before, you know, I tried to have a little bit of small talk with her and, and, and she, she also lives in the neighborhood. And, and, and I say, well, do you like the neighborhood? And her response was, uh, it's great except for all the murders. And, and, and just to, so our listeners can really have a good visual, first of all, how would you describe how the, was, was the girl over 18? Yeah, she was, she was over 18. I okay. would say she was in her maybe uh, early to mid thirties. Okay. Prime, prime age for uh, looking for a partner. Uh, and yep. how would you describe her looks? Uh, Caucasian, uh, uh, like brownish, brownish dark hair um long hair uh she was very cute i i, I mean she was a pretty cute girl actually uh, no uh, semite nose or no semite nose 
No Semite nose, no. Uh, okay, so so cute girl, uh, bigger <laughs> body type, uh, leaner. Uh, leaner. Okay, and all right, so we have that. And was she a, was she a believer? Was she practicing in the in the church uh, where the music was coming from? I uh, I don't think so. She was a. I mean, I don't know, but uh, it, she didn't strike me as being a kind of a religious person. No. Okay. Well, I think the statement she made is uh, very honest and. Uh, the fact that she's still willing to live in a neighborhood, despite the fact that it has murders, most people might be generic and say some of the crime or quote unquote ongoing problems. Uh, she was very blunt about it. What was your take? I mean, are there a lot of murders well, and are you responsible? Well, that, that was, that was, well, I, yeah, I don't want to talk about that because uh, the case is still pending, but uh, I was, I was kind of surprised. I have to say I was uh, like, my first reaction was kind of like, you know, not laughter but like like the smile like I thought she was like I thought that was the perfect comedic line it was like I like it didn't even register I mean it did but it didn't fully register that she really meant it I almost thought like this is a this is kind of like a response I would make to try to make people laugh you know it's an yeah. amazing neighborhood except for all the murders I but mean you it's had, like an amazing joke actually you had to be very careful because as a single man there's a cute girl yeah. You're, I know you're, you're incapable know. as as a, as a man who is single and straight of turning off uh, that switch that happens to single people in terms of uh, trying to woo this woman, even if it's in a, a light, light way. Yeah. And with that true. being said, based on your reaction, she might have thought you were responsible for the murders. Like if you just started smirking or like played uh, it off. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even think about that. Maybe that's why she ran away from me right away and started screaming murderer i mean i think why. personally if i was to be single again my immediate response would have been like oh god the murders are just awful i i mean it's i just i feel so terrible for the people i feel scared myself sometimes you know you know it'd probably be safer if like the two of us actually just walked home together tonight um just wow that was fast yeah, that's that was great. just like that. You gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go right, right into it. You go. It's it's a classic. It's a, it's it's called the it's called a a, a, a aggressive empathy. Um, wow. So you aggressive go from being empathy. Empath from wow. To making the did move. You, did you study this? Like, did you like go into the the pickup artist community? Yeah. Did you read the game? Where where is this coming from? This is like you're you're talking the talk. That that that's just uh, that's just previous previous life experience, and then all wow, those movies, all those movies in the eighties when we were growing up with like uh, yeah, screwball, hardball, and those movies they teach the guys to like pick up those girls on the beach, yeah, falling uh, down on the roller skates. <laughs> to be honest, I was really surprised uh, because I actually, I I think I've been, I I wasn't aware that there were so many murders. I mean, I, I like I can't even tell you, I like. I know that there is there was a murder here like four years ago. A very sad story of like some kid who was shot, maybe oh. mistaken identity or something. And there an was Amsterdam, another murder. Honestly, how how yeah. many? I mean, this is talking from like the murder capital of, of, of the world here. But yeah. uh, like in your recollection, in the city in general, how many murders do you think there are a year? You know, I I, I don't know. I can look it up uh, very quickly. I, I think that's a nice comparison. I mean, uh, it's certainly not nearly anywhere in the in the league of uh, of where you are. But then ah, again, we are better than you at something. Yeah, you are. 
but 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 at the same time you know chicago is such a big city too like like space wise i mean i i would think like you'd almost have to well anyway I, let me let me look it up because i i I was just surprised at that moment, and my default at that surprise was kind of like laughter, like thinking that she was making a joke, but she was quite serious. And uh, and then she told me, yeah, there was a murder last year, apparently, like right outside her house. Okay. Now, there there's two things that happen when you hear about murder. When I hear about murder, one is Tell there's us. an immediate there's an immediate categorization of like, is this criminal versus criminal? Or is this like where innocent people are murdered? Immediately. I think that's the starting point. It's the entire story of the North side of Chicago. I mean, most people, the North side of Chicago is the kind of transplanted, educated part of the city for the most part, uh, in many pockets. And many people here, the reason they can live with all the murders in Chicago is that they often look at those and say, that was gang on gang. And when it's not, which is not common, that's when people start freaking out. Yeah, uh, I just looked it up, by the way, and it's uh, uh, last year there were uh, 14 murders. Oh, that's like a weekend in Chicago. Yeah. So, so, so you said you have two reactions. So the first one is an immediate sort of trying to differentiate between is this criminal activity on criminal or is this like an innocent bystander who was, you know, kidnapped and slaughtered? Yeah. Okay. And what's the yeah. second thing? And I, uh yeah there was a second thing maybe maybe i was trying to present an or or as two things oh, uh over presenting yourself i might have over, over presented the first thing is that <laughs> oh i guess you know then it's like then it's like we have this uh weird way of um uh creating like geographic borders in our in our head right okay. like like probably for you and your neighborhood like what would it what would it mean like where would the murder have to be to be in your neighborhood when is it in the greater area or outside of your neighborhood like what's the what's the border for you to say no this happened in my neighborhood and did it ever happen in your neighborhood sadly we we have these talks uh more regularly than i think people imagine throughout chicago um you know in my old neighborhood you know there were boundaries there was a big park by me and a parkway and it would depend on which side of the parkway it was, um, you know, on the on the side closer to the house, it was concerning. But other side of the parkway, which was a mere couple of blocks away, we always dismissed it as, ah, that's not going to affect us. And over here, I've got railroad tracks very close to me. So if it's on the other side of the tracks, which is also a this nice is, neighborhood. This is like the Ravenswood, Ravenswood tracks? Uh, in Chicago, that's right. They are the, uh, the, the Ravenswood tracks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have, you know, Chicago's full of viaducts, tracks, um, rivers, mm -hmm. lake. Like, we have a lot of natural, quote-unquote, natural barriers. And depending on what side of those, I do think that a lot of people feel like we're going to be okay. And they're not often wrong because this stuff that happens tends to focus on very, you know, micro areas. Yeah. So what was it for you? What was, what, where did she live in relation to you and where this murder happened? I mean, she lives, I think, four minutes walk from where I am. Uh, and and so it, the distances are very, very small here. So she had, a, I guess, a murder outside of her apartment building. Then that's four minutes away walking distance. I, mean, I know when are, I moved here. We are anonymous here. I mean, could you have done it and made it back to your place in time without anybody knowing? Oh, yeah, easily. Four minutes easily. is enough to take someone out and get back at nighttime. <laughs> uh, 
So what, what else did, after she said that, like, what else did you bring up to her or think about? Well, at that point, I started thinking, okay, I, you know, like, like what you were saying about uh, the, the whole, like, I don't want to be the person who's, you know, hitting on this girl. That was the other thing that was kind of playing in my head, which is dumb, but like, because she was cute, I would have totally, but I, but I, I didn't want to be that person because that, that, that was kind of very predictable. So I was just, hold on, hold on. I let's, think I, let, let, let's go okay, back. Well, and then, let, and then let's, also then the concert started. Let, let's unpack that, what you just said a little bit. You, you're saying you didn't want to be that person in terms of what, that person who hits on a girl who just said she's concerned about murders in the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's what you were saying before. It's this idea that as a single person, if you're around, a, you know, another like a woman who, who is, uh, you know, on any level attractive to you, then that it's very difficult not to change a little bit to change into that role. Right. Like you have to kind of really yeah. manage that. I don't and know. I how... noticed. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how not to I... do it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you would turn off. The, the the flirtation advi- uh, device that basically um, keeps your seminal fluid alive. Oh yeah, true. I, I don't know how you I, just I don't know. flip the switch and be like, I'm gonna lay off. Now I can understand if she was like, her boyfriend was just murdered. Um, and it was recent, <laughs> like a couple was, of years ago, I think you're it safe. Was, but, it was an hour before the concert. Yeah. <laughs> if, it was, if, it was, if it was that week, I totally get like, maybe laying low. Um, but so you just laid off. So you were just like, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to pay any more attention to her. Uh, no, I mean, I was sitting right next to her and then the concert ended and uh, like sort of said goodbye, you know, introduced myself and said goodbye. And then, uh, and then I ran into her at the supermarket, like right away. Oh, yeah. Now that is something. So it's almost like you played the long game, which I'm not you know, uh, yeah. always good. I was at. going for the long game. That's true. You're right. I did. I was thinking, no, nah, like, if I see her again, and I probably will, because you know it's a neighborhood, uh, then, then, then maybe that second meeting could lead to a, a you know, a better conversation. See, I like that. That shows both a lot of class and I think a sophisticated gambler. Oh wow! You Thank know? you. Yeah, because you, you know, I, I think I would have made the mistake of of pushing it at that encounter, but you looked at the overall picture, feeling like it's not a big city, and she happens to live within my neighborhood um we've already had this initial connection and then when you run into her again you know you always want to bring up something from the previous conversation to show the the connection and that's how we bond as humans so did you bring did you bring up the murders when you saw the supermarket yeah that's it yeah hey remember me from the murders the murder conversation oh no i'm thinking more like the tv shows that are out like you might say like hey there was another one that happened should we go try Uh, to solve it Ah, this is the aggressive empathy again. I love it. Yeah. So good. Wow. It's like that TV show Search Party. Yeah, Search Party. What a great show. Great. Yeah. Oh. So what wow. did you say? So when you you're saw really, this... You're really in this... Well, I, I just said, uh, hey, uh, well, here's something I noticed. So when, when, <laughs> as we're listening to the concert, I'm sitting right next to her. Uh, and, and like right sitting, next to her? Like you could actually... Yeah, like, do it, okay. like not... Like not even a chair between us. Like I just kind of like walked into it and, you know, I was just like, hey, can I sit here? And, you know, we just talked. 
But I noticed during the concert, which was a beautiful concert, it was very nice, like uh, a harp and a cello. Anyway, like in between the songs, those the, the two girls who were playing were like reading some poetry or something. But then I could hear her stomach grumbling, like going like, like that, like uh -huh. lightly, not like heavily, but like enough. And yeah, and then I like, I'm part of me like feels a bit of like, oh no, that's, I don't know, that's a bit of, not embarrassing, but like, you know, she's clearly aware that she's producing these noises and 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 probably wishes she, she wouldn't. Were they, were, uh, they, were they hunger pains or was it like she was holding back a fart? No, I mean, it sounded like hunger pains, but but that so so later when I ran into her in the supermarket, I, I was like, ah, getting dinner because I was getting dinner. Uh, and she's like, no, breakfast. So I'm thinking like, oh, this, this is digestion, digestion sound. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, God, there's so much to say, to say there. As a matter of fact, I'm actually I'm looking back up at my screen here and under our, uh, for our live feed for the uh, the people that are you know pay the premium. I've got a Edie, Edie Jr. from uh, from Uganda. Uganda. He, yeah, yeah. He, he, all he has, uh, he, you know, he, he didn't write anything. It's just an emoticon, and it's like two fingers gyrating back and forth. <laughs> I don't know if he's insinuating that you That's finger sweet. or I, no. I think I mean I would guess that in Uganda, like two sending two fingers is like. Uh, and then I a got gy a couple, gyrating I got a, fingers. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a couple of people here. I, I'm guessing they're. They're friends. They might be young kids. I don't know. They're they're from Namibia, and it, it just looks like another type of like gift thing where it's just like exploding shit. <laughs> yeah, like, lovely. That's... Like she crapped herself. So one one is thinking sexual, <laughs> and one is one is just thinking, uh, you know, something gross going on. Um, yeah, maybe the second one is more like anal sex because she crapped herself. Possible. Which go yeah. full circle to the rectal thermometer of earlier. Yeah, what, and, we're, uh, and we're back. Did, did you think of like, would it be inappropriate to say like, "Hey, I I heard your stomach making noises. You were you were getting me hungry, also. That's why I came here." Wow. Again, you're. I think you're really good at this. I, I think like. Well, that's I, a risky. What I said is that. Go ahead. Well, it, no, I think it's good because you're calling it like whenever you call attention to something awkward in a situation, I think you win points because you just you, you become the person who's like, on one hand, not afraid to speak a, a certain maybe embarrassing truth. And on the other hand, you're saying what we're all thinking. So it immediately creates like a like a, a more relaxed uh, feeling. True. Uh, and I do do and, that a lot, but I, yeah. I find for any listeners who want to practice this um, brand of relationship. Uh, it's important you laugh when you say yeah it, it is it it's is important so you important that you Riley yeah yeah, yeah you, if you can't if say you go, Riley. yeah if you go like the British dry and you're just like yeah oh, no you gotta give a give a bit of a what's it called when you give a, it's a, a wink a, a chuckle like a, a code well yeah but it's it's sort of like you're giving a code a, a behavioral code through your through your uh through your laughter or in linguistics smile. it's known as the study of pragmatics um, oh, okay. <laughs> well, the uh, so I use that. I actually did use it because you know in classical music how like I always find it strange how like there's these unwritten rules about when you're supposed to clap and when you don't. And it's like who knows these rules anyway? Like two people like in the audience actually know this piece, and they're like you know they just played for 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 five minutes and then they stop playing, so it's silent. But you're not supposed to clap at that point. 
Yeah, you've that's got not to be the very, right moment. You've got to be very careful. And jazz, I listen to a lot of jazz, so I, I know when to to clap. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I love jazz. I've always loved jazz. What's and, the rule? What's the rule in jazz? When do you Well, clap? jazz is different than classical music because with, with jazz, what happens is, you know, jazz is an opportunity. Oh, you're clapping while the music is playing. <laughs> after like, after the solo, right? Like, like, like the white man, the white man rhythm. Every time I go to concerts, all, all those white people, we love to, uh, well, not me because I'm, you know, French black, but um, the, the, um, wait, ask, ask it again so I can explain it properly. When do you clap in jazz? So you, to phrase properly, you clap in jazz after soloing. Yeah, that's right. what I said. Oh, yeah. So you, I just I, said that. It's recorded. Oh. I just said it. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll go back. <laughs> we'll go. We'll, we'll go back in the editing room and make sure you did say it. I trust you, though. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so in, in jazz, you have you have solos, and you know, so you clap for those solos. But in classical music, it is all it's orchestrated, and there are not uh, opportunities for that. So um, I'm not as familiar as when to clap. I would just follow everybody else. I, I do the same. And I, I think the rules should change. I think it's like they stop playing. Just everybody clap. Just have a good time. Clap. People want to show their appreciation. Let people clap. Did you did? I got to ask you, did you doze off at all? I did not. But I watched other people dozing off. Because like jazz music, I love. But classical music, it just it helps put me right to sleep. Anytime I've seen some classical music, I just I just nod off. It's like going to the movies for me. One of the one of the two musicians was was really hot, so there was like plenty to look at. Oh, and so when you're watching like a hot musician on stage, was a female? Yeah. What instrument was she playing? She was playing the cello. There were two females. One was on the the harp, and the other one was on cello. I appreciate that you didn't drop that she was playing the flute because that would have been too easy. Um, <laughs> right. So so she's playing the she's playing the cello and was she wearing a, how would you describe her outfit was she like a long skirt short skirt pants? Uh, I think they were like uh, I'm not sure but I think they were kind of like classy classy uh, it was kind of like a classy pantsuit kind of thing but uh, the top was 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 still quite not revealing, but, you know, in that world, in the world of classical music, it was revealing enough. Yeah, there, I think there is something about, because of the atmosphere of classical music, there's a, a sort of forbidden ambiance. Um, it doesn't take much. Mozart in the jungle? Yeah, Mozart in the jungle. It does not take much. I'm thinking, you know, you're sort of feeling what it's like to be a, a Muslim man in, uh, in Oman at the time. Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say it's like your your beach trip to Oman. Yeah, the slightest bit of skin, beach. like if that cello player, <laughs> if you could just simply see her neck or like a little yeah. bit up, up her wrist, exactly. you would probably like it was that. Uh, yeah, I saw not long ago with my kids um, the Money Pit with uh, and uh, you know with Tom oh, Hanks and Tom Shelley, Hanks and Shelley Long and Shelley Long and she you know she was a classical. Um, she played classical music in like the New York Philharmonic or something. Oh yeah, that's um, right. And I remember having those thoughts like, oh yeah, like even like looking at her from 40 years ago and, and everything <laughs> being so dated, there is something that totally amps up the sex appeal. She's a, she's a bit of a babe in that movie, even though she's like, yeah, she's, she's even older. I, I don't know how old she was, but she's not like in her twenties in that movie, but uh, she's, she's a bit of a babe.
Yeah. So, so maybe that I should remember. be your thing is, is looking for, and I'm thinking like, if you play like the classical musicians I've met in my life, they're kind of on the dorky side. So I'm yeah, thinking they are. a lot of opportunity for you to really, you know, and you might meet that cello player and be like, I love this neighborhood, but man, have you heard about these murders? It's like, it's like the perfect. Wait, 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 you're talking about, but you're, you're saying I should have talked to the cello player now. Yeah. I, well, you, in life, it's important we utilize, I think, what we learn from one encounter and then parlay <laughs> it into the next, because the next encounter is original. You bringing it back up with the mystery girl from the neighborhood, not as unique. Right. No, absolutely. And I, I, I feel quite comfortable not having to bring that subject up again. So we, so we never even got to the bottom. So what happened? So you ran into her in the supermarket and then what was the conversation? But I like I kept running into her in the supermarket. So I ran into her uh, once and then like I ran into her again. I was behind her in line for the checkout. So now, are you saying in the same trip or in multiple trips? No, same trip. I find that Which weird is, that, you know, happens. that happens to me. Um, yeah. And by the way, they're never attractive, but there are these people in the supermarket. <laughs> they're, they're always like uh, these like Eastern European women who are they look like they're in their 70s, but they're probably 40. Um, yeah. And like in seven different aisles, we like keep bumping into each other. And yeah, it's such You're a great opportunity to rhythm. talk to them, but I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't help like from the moment that this whole encounter started, there was this like almost like a cloud of all the romantic comedies I've ever watched that just kind of like fell on top of me and really prevented me from just kind of being more in the moment. Like I uh -huh. couldn't help like going like, and that's how I met your mother. Or, uh, and her first words to me were, like, I, I just couldn't stop thinking about, like, the romantic possibilities of, like, this is the ultimate when you're in a city. It's, it's got to be a city. Then you yeah. run into someone who, who has the same sort of on a whim interest as you. Like, she didn't plan on going there. She just saw the line. I saw the line. Like, it just happened. Like, it can't, like, like all these stupid Hollywood movies just come, like, shooting out, and you're like, no, I don't want this. I mean, it would be nice, but, like, get out of my way right now. I'm trying to just be in the moment. I think I would have done Robert Redford from A Decent Proposal. <laughs> Again, the How aggressive much? empathy. How much, though? But I, I am curious, <laughs> like, what, what were the, because uh, some of our listeners can relate, uh, maybe not many, but I can't, and that's all that counts. What were the top three movies either at that moment or in the past that sort of come that that are the ones that replay in your mind of even if you don't utilize the lines, what are the lines that come to you? Oh, wow, that's a good one, because it, it is very vague for me, like it isn't as specific, but it's like it's sort of like a montage uh, without any specifics. It's, yeah, the... it's a, it's I mean, yeah, it's 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 all sorts of stuff. It's uh it's you know, it's the chance encounter. It's the, the encounter that changes your life especially when you're like looking for a change. Uh, it's, you know, every, every story structure has that. So on an abstract level, all the stories have that. Um, specifically, I don't know, like I, I can't help but the, the, think of the title of the movie, Serendipity, uh, John Cusack, um, where they, I believe, even go to the Serendipity 3 uh, place in, uh, in New York, where they serve the frozen hot chocolate. No. Serendipity. Is that the one with the pool? The swimming pool? Uh, no, that's that's no. perfect. Um, 
uh, I am I'm bad at memorizing some of these movies, but I don't know Serendipity. <laughs> okay, I mean nothing. I don't know it either, actually. But just the title says it all, right? Like Serendipity. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know, and like you know, just I I, I noticed also. First of all, I, I haven't really met too many uh, new people uh, in the last uh, you know since pre-COVID. Okay. And before COVID, I was meeting them through uh, dating apps. So, you know, the serendipity is lost. So it's 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 oh. been a while since I've met someone through pure serendipity. I do think our listeners would want to know, when, when you met the woman, did she have a mask on? No, no one's wearing masks here. The only time you wear masks is in public transport. Well, even the supermarket, no one wears them. No. We, we love the masks. Half of America loves masks after them. They burn them. Um, <laughs> Because I, I, so have you noticed the sort of uh, the mask dissonance? Like I, I get it, I get it constantly. Well, many occasions, but particularly I, I pick my kids up from school every day because I've I've become that dad, um, and you have to line up to pick your your kids up. And so there are certain moms um, or even nannies that I see on a regular basis, and I only know them with their masks. Like even though you're outside, it's totally moronic. You have to have your mask when you're in line. Um, yeah. And so I've created entire faces for these people. Um, and what's messed up is that in almost all the cases, almost all, when I finally have seen these women without the mask, they look better to me with the mask on. Yeah, it's the, it's the rule we have in Amsterdam. If you see a, an attractive girl biking in front of you, like don't try to catch up because she will always look worse than how you imagine her. That's, from behind that's fascinating like what what is the logic science like what is the the thought behind that i think we're just optimistic in our fantasies mm. so you're saying it's just it's just primal human nature that when it comes to what we want to see we think of the highest levels of beauty yeah, I think so. I mean, I, maybe it depends on the person. Maybe, uh, but 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 I I think this is the, the, you realize, the bigger the bigger rule. Do you realize yeah. what we've just uncovered? This was Muhammad's secret. <laughs> this yeah. is the genius oh, of Islam. There we go. Yeah, everyone is, is beautiful. There is no society where everyone truly is beautiful in, in the flesh, as we've both learned uh, together visiting Amsterdam bathhouses. Um, not gay, by the way, for our listeners. Um, and that it's unbelievable because yeah. therefore you're left to just wonder what these ninja ladies look like. Um, and so why not imagine they look amazing? Exactly. You see the eyes, you see the, yeah. And then, the, and then you imagine the rest. Yeah. It's I funny. I never even thought about it that way. I knew that uh, fucking guy yeah. was, was a hidden genius. Um, yeah. Have you had so have you had this experience also with with the ma the mask dissonance where you have been like oh she looks like that and then when the mask comes off you're like oh not quite what I thought. No, not so much. Mainly because we haven't. Uh, well, for two reasons. One is uh, I don't think we've gone as extensively in the mask culture as 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 you have in the states. Um, and second of all, if I do see women with masks, I don't necessarily see them take their masks off because it might be on public transit and, mm. you know, we'll get off at different stops. So I, I don't really have that follow-up. Have you got into a mask porn at all? 
I haven't. How how is mask porn? Is it I, I, I haven't bothered to look at it, but you know when you when you go to those sites, you get thumbnails or like uh, categories. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's very specific. You can choose like Honduran rape or like uh, you know Korean cream pie. Um, right. Anyway, there's I, I've noticed now there's a whole section for masking, and it doesn't interest me at all. Um, but it, it has proven that the fetish already exists. That's interesting. Like, how long does it take for something to become a fetish, or how does something? I'm thinking b- based a on fetish? based on the uh, the, the the male uh, level of testosterone, probably minutes, if not an hour, a, of something a, a, mil, a millisecond. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 moment that something is uh, released into the ether, uh, men are all over it. it it's you know? it's automatically a fetish. Yeah, yeah I, I think if uh, women started true. wearing like. Uh, like those terrible Halloween costumes where people make themselves into showers and shit and like step inside a box. Um, uh-huh. and then we get into women inside cardboard box porn um, <laughs> because we're, we're total freak shows. We are, we are. We I am, I, but this, you know, this brings up, I think a, a more, um, you know, relevant subject, at least to the American or certain nations listening audience, the, the, the want or willingness or need to mask I mean, are you having a lot of breakthrough cases there? Are people just accepting that COVID is part of us now? Um, like, what has been the attitude there? Because it sounds very different than here. Yeah, it is. And and I don't know uh, fully because uh, I'm a little bit in my own bubble. So I'm not 100% sure what the rules are with kids and stuff. But I, I think the basic rule here is, uh, first of all, most of the country got vaccinated, let's say, two or three months after the U.S. did. So the effect of the vaccines is still quite strong. It's also a good time because not everybody's getting sick yet. Uh, that's going to start happening okay. uh, soon. And then also the weather is going to be cold so that uh, things won't be ventilated. So we'll see how things go in. I think things might change in a month or two. I, I think it might not. But, but at the moment, we're experiencing a great deal of freedom. So there's no there's no big mask thing except when you're on a, a bus or a train or something. And are you like are you here like do you, are are people not freaked out about like the breakthrough cases when people are vaccinated and get it? What what do you mean? Well, here you know the big talk is like oh you know you you still spread COVID when you're vaccinated you can still oh yeah that get it like what are, what is the thought there like what do people talk about? Uh, I guess they're just happy with their freedom and people who are in a risk group, I don't think are that happy about it, but, uh, yeah, what can they do? Um, wow. That just seems so much more practical. I mean, it is like, it's weird here. It's like, in some respects, it's almost like, you know, lockdown again. Like for example, you know, there's a long weekend uh, this week in the States. Uh, used to be known as Columbus Day amongst the more progressive. Oh, what is it called now? Indigenous People's Day. Oh, that's a big change. Yeah. All the people. Do you that like going to <laughs> Indigenous People's Circle in Manhattan? We're going to a casino that's uh, nearby. Okay, and, uh, nice. I've, we've told the kids they're each going to get uh, 10 bucks to go on the slots and we will celebrate our natives. That, By the way, that would be canceled immediately if uh, we had any kind of a <laughs> broadcast boss. Yeah, true. So, yeah, it's a long weekend and it was like it's a perfect opportunity to go rent a cabin or leave or just get out of Illinois. And uh, all the schools, private and public, are mandating that if you leave the state, you have to quarantine when you come back. 
Oh, wow. Completely asinine. doesn't matter if you're going to be just by yourself camping or staying in a cabin or a house or not going to some large indoor super spreader event. Um, you are supposed to quarantine. And of course, I'm like, fuck that. But in, I've found that in many couples, one of the spouses tends to be a bit more conservative and is like, no, we can't do that. Um, right. So, yeah, we have shit like that. Um, so are you going to Cairo, Illinois and enjoy the river view? <laughs> I'm glad you know Cairo. Uh, after our Egyptian brothers, yeah, the yeah. the rate of the original uh, COVID, Cairo is in Illinois. As it we just all know. shows another like asinine part of the state. You can go to Southern Illinois, where the COVID rate is uh, more than any neighboring state, but you can't cross uh, the state right. line thirty minutes away. Um, yeah, yeah. So we have that. I, you know, I'm I'm organizing a you know a trip amongst old college friends, the Dominican Republic. Uh, oh, that's still going to happen. I thought that happened already. So it's at, the end of the month. It's, at, it's at the end of the month. Well, we might do a live podcast from there to uh, hear what's going on. And here's a group of guys that, you know, are some of my oldest friends, um, a few of whom you, you've met personally. And, you know, they were, some of them were actually concerned about, about getting COVID. So, you know, some are concerned, you know, you can't come back into the States uh, if you don't have a negative COVID test. Um, right. And then one of my buddies was like, this is the easiest test to forge, you know, using Photoshop, sent everybody an example of it. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> and you wow. had some people be like, oh, I can't do that. They, you know, that's fraud. And the people that check this thing are the fucking like flight attendants. Um, yeah. And just crazy to see like my own friend's reactions to stuff that has all been created because of COVID. It's like, I don't know if we're ever going to reach the acceptance phase within the 12 stages of grief. Um, mm -hmm. So... Anyway, thought I'd share a little bit of the, the fucked up uh, momentum that's happening here. Now, of course, if I was talking to you from a different county in a different state, it would be like COVID doesn't exist. So, and those places. I spoke to uh, uh, about a month ago or so, or six weeks ago, I was, I was meeting a friend in a bar and this other girl joined us. Very attractive girl. Very, very, very attractive girl who was Tell very us. excited because <laughs> her, uh, her new boyfriend uh, was, was sort of uh, going to move in with her at the end of the month or something. So about now. I and hope you told her what a mistake that, that is. Yeah. So anyway, like, I, I think I brought up this subject because I, I want to share the point that she yeah. made, but there's a much better part of the story. So the point that she made that relates to what you were saying is that she was visiting him in Brussels all the time, going back and forth to visit him in Brussels and, and vice versa. And, you know, the, 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 the tests that they had to take were quite expensive. So she was basically like, I'm going to take the free test in the Netherlands, which you can do. It's, it's just not al allowable for travel. And then she would uh, uh, forge the, the PCR test. So there was kind of like, there was, I, I thought that was kind of cool because it, it sort it really made sense. It was like, look, I'm going by the rules. I mean, well, no one should send me into prison because I'm doing this, but like, there's no way I'm paying a hundred and hundred and something euros each time I have to go visit someone that, you know, will be part of my family. Now, the really interesting part of the story is this. She met this guy when, uh, when, uh, when she was with a previous boyfriend and they were on this, uh, this uh, app called Field, which, is, which allows couples or, or people to find uh, other people who share similar fetishes. And I guess they were a couple looking for another couple. I thought that was a really cool detail. And that's how she met the guy. What about the other couple? What happened with them? Well, apparently both couples, uh, I, 
the way she described it is like they they got in touch like virtually but for whatever like the, the other couple was just visiting from actually from north america and uh and and they I, I think they didn't end up meeting but she stayed in touch with that guy and then both their relationships broke up so that's kind of how it happened oh so she was with a different guy at the time yeah yeah exactly and and out of curiosity the guy that she dated was he american or belgian the the new guy the, the one guy. that she met yeah he's american yeah and at the time he was living in belgium because the only thing to me that's worse than like meeting a fellow american is meeting a belgian <laughs> honestly i feel like i feel like of the european people like I, I don't i don't find i often enjoy meeting the belgians wow that's uh that's a very extreme uh case what don't, like have you have you had bad bad instances of meeting belgians no not really i just find them a little weird okay i wouldn't Fair yeah enough. i think i think the car our, our rwandan our rwandan listeners are definitely agreeing with you <laughs> yeah they're like you know, they're like, we stopped naming our kids Leopold like 200 years ago. We're <laughs> over those name. fuckers. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that once again, you have a story about an attractive female you met, and yet there's no conversion. <laughs> no conversion, none you whatsoever. Con you need to convert one of these people because our it's listeners sure. are ready for a story. They're not getting it from me, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the child rearing uh, homebound dad. Um, yeah. But from you, they expect better. Yeah. And I think we're going to leave our show with that um, because we need our listeners wanting more. Definitely. Always leave them wanting more. That's the rule. <laughs> Do you have any promises you can make that you'll have to share with our listeners for the next episode? I will. Uh, I promise to uh, uh, seek more serendipitous occasions and, uh, and, and start conversations. Can you at least get an update for us on the I Married a Murderer girl? Yes, I'll do my best to uh, to uh, bump into her again. Let's see what happens. Yeah, because Edie Jr. has sent back another uh, message again with the, the gesticulating <laughs> fingers. So he yeah, is, he is ready good. for some action. They're definitely making a point. Yes. Okay. Uh, until next time in the year 2025, uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>